Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I am so sorry <laughs> about how I got off the phone last conversation when we were talking about, what were we talking about? Um, oh my goodness, I went for a blank. Oh, accepting, right? The whole accepting and not buffeting people and all that. Like, I literally, high key, like the mail lady came to the door and she was like, uh, you have to sign for this. I forgot my husband was getting the package. But anywho, so I took that time frame to go ahead and do some stuff around the house. And when I'm doing things, I like to have certain things playing in the background. I'm either listening to something inspirational. But this time I decided to go ahead and scroll to interwebs real quick. And I came across a interview with Taraji P. Henson. And she was talking about how um, her relationships and how women self-sabotage certain relationships sometimes and things that she really appreciates about the um, women in her life and going on and on and on. And then she blurted out a word that just like jumped at the screen at me. And I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, I guess you want me to talk about that. So I went ahead and called you because you know how we roll. The word that she said was insecurity. And I was like, mm, I would really love to talk about that. So you know that I'm a huge proponent for all things security, especially for women, because I feel as if we forget. I said it before and I say it all the time and I will say it again. Women were made after everything was complete. Spec mm, let me specify that. Eve was made after everything was complete. Because the Bible does say that he made, he made male and female um, prior to Adam and Eve. So I got to stay true to the chronologically of it all. But Eve was made from a already made man. God took a rib that was from or an already made rib cage and he made Eve. Once Eve came on the scene, there was already the light, everything that God went ahead and processed. I like to say he saved the best for last. <laughs> but Eve came on the scene once everything was already secured and laid out. And so before I even jump into all my thoughts, I wanted to first go ahead and call on a good bishop, New Oxford American Dictionary, and look up what is defined or what's the definition of insecure and it had two meanings first meaning is not firmly fixed liable to give way or break and then the second um, definition has in parentheses of a person and it says not confident or assured uncertain and anxious there are so many different directions i can go with these two things so i look at it like this the first one said, not firmly fixed, liable to give away. To me, you can feel insecure about a chair. We all had either growing up or in the office or going to someone else's home. It was that one piece of furniture that it was like, hey, be careful, because it was already broken before you got there. And so you had to sit where you didn't give it all your weight, because there was a sense that if I give it my all, it's liable to go ahead and break from me, right? And we've all had that situation at one point or another. Listen, my brakes ain't good in my car, sir. Don't be pressing all the way. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to press uh, a different way if you want this to stop by the time the light turns red. You know, my, my gas gauge for years, my husband's gas gauge wasn't working in his car. 
I was like, so how are you supposed to know when you're, I, I know my car. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not driving it because there was a, you know, I didn't have the security. It was insecure for me. You see what I'm saying? The second definition is um, not confident or assured, uncertain and anxious. And that rings so many different alarms in me. I want to go ahead and make a safe assumption. And I feel like I'm safe to do so because this is a judgment-free phone call. But I want to go ahead and make the assumption that any area that a person is anxious in is because they have a insecurity or lack of confidence in that area. If it's a relationship, if it's a job opportunity, it's all these different things, I guarantee you. So I want it to go more toward that. Let's just take the idea, the notion of a job opportunity. Why are people afraid or feel a sense of insecurity when it comes to job interviews or job opportunities? Is it because, and we can list a thousand fears, right? Is it because you feel like you're not qualified? Is it because you feel like compared to the other people who are um, applying for it that, you know, you really, it feels like an apple to an orange kind of thing. You're both around, but one of y'all have a little bit more attributes that they may be looking for. Is it because you feel like, mm, I'm comfortable in this particular position that I'm in now. And if I were to go ahead and promote up, then I don't know if I'll be able to handle the workload. But when you're looking at what makes you insecure about a situation, you also have to go about finding what will bring you security in that. Would you feel more secure if you were to go ahead and shadow someone that you that's already in the position that you want to go for? Like literally just say, hey, real quick, can I? And if you can't shadow them, can you go ahead and just pick their brain for a little bit? You know, how's the life work balance with your position and pretty much essentially comb through until you feel a sense of security for that particular job opportunity, job position. One of the things that I highly recommend is that when you're applying for the job, go and read the reviews for that company. As I stated before, everybody can't, they all are making something up. Like start to look at the commonalities and say, okay, they're all saying that management sucks. <laughs> and they're all saying that on a scale from one to five, with five being the greatest, that the life work balance is about a 1.5. And if that's an area that's important to you, then that may be an area or a position that you're like, you know what, it's not for me. But I feel like instead of going ahead and letting the fear thrive, you need to take the proper steps to say, okay, what is going to make me abolish this insecurity? security and bring on a sense of stability you see where I'm going with that as far as education is concerned or I don't like the term that oh you know school is not for everybody and blase blue my thing is this anything that you go for in life especially with school you're gonna have to get around the outskirts of stuff you don't want to do to finally get to what it is that you feel like you were called to do like, I'm sure nurses were like, bro, why do I have to take, um, you know, this level of anthropology or whatever the prerequisites are for certain classes before you start getting to the nectar of what you came to school for? Are you fearful that, you know what, I don't want to go because I don't want a thousand million hundred years of student loans? You know, these are all very, very, very accurate assumptions. And that's just the thing. Can we pause right there? That's all, in my opinion, a fear is. A fear is an unexplored assumption, something that can happen. It's the what if to 
what you can possibly find out to demolish that. We can go on a what if journey and then it starts to produce fear because we're bringing up situations in our mind and in our thinking process that we actually don't have answers for. What if I go and I can't pay the rest of tuition? What if I go and I don't do well? What if I, what if I, um, they said that you need this particular grade point average with this particular letter grade to continue the program. What if I get in the program and then, um, one of my grades is not so good. What if I don't do so well on the test? What if I, what if I, what if I, what if you went ahead and started doing some things and putting some things in place that would go ahead and just off back erase any what if. Go ahead and sign you off for a tutor early. Go ahead and find the YouTube channel of people studying exactly what you're studying. Go ahead and look up the reviews and um, whatever test that you're taking. Go ahead and go on Quizlet. Like there are so many different things that you can match up and see and say, okay, this is my concern, my, my magnified what if. Okay, so that's just my soul saying, I'm a little concerned that we don't have enough to make a solid decision. I'm a little concerned because I'm going to go ahead and tell you if one of the prerequisites was, listen, in order to stay in this program, you got to make sure that you recite your alphabet um, from A, A through Z in English. You'll be like, sir, <laughs> you want me to do it to a soundtrack? Easy, breezy, beautiful. But if they would go to go outside of your comfort zone and say, okay, in order for you to go to the next level, you have to go ahead and recite your alphabet from Z to A, and you have to do it under 30 seconds. The level of pure AKA panic off the rip it would be like, ooh. Now, I know that there's some people, I know one person, probably two people in particular, that learned their alphabet backwards. Their kindergarten teacher had a lot of time on their hands. I guess in between nap time, she was just like, how can I come up with a C, Y? Like, I don't know how that worked out, but, um, yeah, I, I just wasn't privy to that information. So if I was told something like that, that would have me feeling slightly insecure because it's like, uh, and then I would just go through all the different, they want you to learn, so you want me to recite this by tomorrow? Oh, my goodness. And then there would be, because my soul would be telling me or producing what people call as fear, but I feel like that's the soul singing, hey, we don't have enough to feel confident about this situation. I would have probably, prior to this conversation, said, you know what, I'll just find another school, <laughs> period, because that's not going to work for me. The person that I am now would be like, oh, okay, cool. Then can I go ahead and sketch my time in for today? Can I choose the time frame for tomorrow? Okay, you said any time between 9 and 2? Cool. Give me about 1.30? Okay. And I would go home and it would be my literal, my dinner, my breakfast the next day. I would sleep, eat, breathe. Z-Y, blah, 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 whatever it goes, I don't know it. And I would master it because I've learned that your fear is only as big as your, your ability to prepare. So your lack of preparation is what goes ahead and produces and magnifies that fear. So in the area of education, whatever it is that's shaking you slightly that you're like, ah, I don't really. And that's why people keep changing their major a million times. That's why people have dropped out or got kicked out of school, but you're still paying for student loans and you just feel like, man. And so you have all these, you know, 
insecurities when it comes to education that you then go on, unfortunately, become one of those people that you're like, man, you know, you don't need no degree. And I know people who have, you know, said masters and PhDs and what have you, and they making the same amount and blah, blah, blah. And because of your lack of preparation and your lack of knowledge and because of your strong sense of insecurity, you now pass on that insecurity to other people. And so I feel like once we start realizing that, oh, fear is just my soul's way of saying, we need more information, ma'am. Okay, I hear you down there. That's how that should go. But what we do is we hear that scream and that blare and we're like, ooh, okay, I'm scared. No, you're not. No, that's just a word that they gave us because they didn't really know how to explain it to us. Like, for instance, having children. I know someone very near and dear to me who is absolutely petrified of having children because she feels like, well, look at my family history and then look at her now husband's family history. And so she has a, uh, I'm not too sure. No, 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 no. You don't let past situations make you afraid of moving forward the past is not supposed to paralyze you it's supposed to project something in you that says you know what I see what it could be and I'm going to change the narrative to this story you see where I'm going with that so for that particular person okay you scared to have children I would literally be looking up all information that shows you how to parent different parenting styles um, how to parent children with whatever you know the issue is that she sees in her family let's just say that her family she feels like listen it's a lot of alcoholics we got a lot of violence in our family okay so that needs to you need to foster a childhood environment that doesn't necessarily cater to overlooking behaviors that can grow into being you know let's just be drastic murderers and robbers and things of that nature because I'm gonna go ahead and tell you yes some people do have the natural inclination to just veer off to all things bad I've seen enough documentaries that it was like really sir you were killing your hamster at six I'm sorry. and no one said anything they thought that oh okay we just get another one or they just figured hold on it always does that when I'm talking to you gotta go get my daughter early she doesn't have after school today but let's continue so you're killing your your hamster at six and no one's looking at you and saying anything now once you know okay this is in my bloodline or like for instance what I just said go look up documentaries and really keep a close eye onto the things that you need to adjust we all come out sinners. We all come out with some things part of the family that we just wish, man, I wish this was, <laughs> was not a part of my story or my bloodline. But once you have the liberty of knowing what you're up against, you know how to fight your giant. So, okay, there's violence in your family. Okay, so what can we look out for in early childhood so that we can go ahead and adjust that so that when this child becomes a future adult, uh, police don't have to show them because parents did. You see that? Different P, okay? Because that's essentially what happens. What you don't show your children, um, an another authority figure will. And it's going to come with higher reper repercussions at that point relationships there are people walking around on this green and blue earth who are afraid of relationships and what it stands for because there's this overwhelming I just I just feel extremely bad for people who just have this notion that um 
this world is going in a pace that it's like, listen, I'm not promiscuous enough. I'm not into the drugs. I'm not into showing half my body on the social media webs. I'm not into. And so you're looking at all the things that we assume gets a person in a relationship or people find attractive and you know all the measurements now now it looks like everyone is going to the same brazilian colombian doctor and they're coming back with this oh you know how back in the days when ti and nelly and them they got their teeth done and it was like are y'all all buying the same teeth from the same person like is it a one bite fits all kind of situation like y'all look like the way I did when I was younger and I was trying to go ahead and put the teeth in my mouth for the vampire outfit and it's just like do y'all understand that it needs to be catered to your gum line and your jaw structure that looks ridiculous y'all all look like y'all chomping down Mr. Potato Head style like it looks crazy and I feel like women are starting to look like that too like you know th- what, what the deaconess said Cardi B she was like oh why her thighs don't match yeah, y'all all coming out with these measurements. Ma'am, please don't look at Bertha and then want to put that on. And I'm not going to say a name, but opposite of Bertha. Okay, great. Um, It don't look right. That looks good for Bertha. Bertha's shape is amazing for Bertha. You, blank, blank, I was going to say a name, don't look right. It don't. And I'm going to need you to stop trying to pump stuff up. You're not Joe Button, Okay. It, it, it is no pump the pump pump it up you you need to just leave well enough alone god knew what he was doing when he gave you your measurements you look ridiculous being five two with all these d's and, and all the blown out and your ankles look like spaghetti noodles like at this point we all know you're exposed ma'am isn't the whole notion of makeup supposed to be you're supposed to look so natural it's the no makeup look isn't that supposed to be the same thing with com- cosmetic surgery? I'm supposed to look at you and almost feel like you were naturally born that way? How? When you're like a lobster. Okay, that looks ridiculous. You look the equivalent of an ant. All right, I'm going to get off it because I'm just, I mean, seriously. At this point, what are we doing? I, I, it just, I, I can't. But whatever scares you about relationships, you owe it to yourself to A, measure and kind of have a set barometer for the people that are attracting you. Find out, and I want to scream this to the mountaintops, find out what's important to you, and then find out if the person who's attracted to you, if they have that same status, posture of importance for that particular thing. If religion is important to you, they're not an option if it's not important to them. They're just not. And yes, you have those exceptions to the rule where it's like, you know, before I met her, you know, she brought me close to God. Blase blue. But you need to know that you are not building from the ground up because I have a notion. I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and tell you. I feel like because man was a creator from dirt. Shouts out to Adam. Hey, Adam. Um, I feel like they have more of a patience and a process to build from dirt. I feel like because women, now let me go back. When I say from dirt, I mean that they can start comfortably at ground zero and build themselves up. I feel like men are a little bit more understanding of, you know, I don't have much and, you know, and just not getting to the level of at least ground zero, sir. Because we, if you know anything about anything, the building is, is not standing by itself. It has a foundation. And so I feel like men are a little bit slower and they're a little bit more tailored to building their own foundation from the dirt up because they, were, they actually were made from scratch. 
I feel like women do much better than going ahead and going in already established situations and then making it better. Because I feel like that's what a woman essentially stands for. We didn't create sperm and all that other stuff. We actually just went ahead and made it a baby once it was presented to us, right? I'm trying to keep it real clean because I know I'm being uh, videotaped for quality assurance purposes from heaven. Hey, God. And I just want to make sure I'm saying it right. But that's my notion. I don't believe that a woman is supposed to come into a man's life and build him from the ground up. I believe you are to assist him. I believe that you are to come into his life and you make his empty house, you make it a home. I believe that you make his empty bank account because he should have a bank account already. I feel like you make his empty bank account, you put some O's in that situation, right? Now we got some other numbers except for zero and the negative reds. Like we make it more. We go ahead and we make your groceries. As I said before, we can make it dinner. Like we make things more. And I feel like so many women are just exhausted and depleted to goodness knows what because we are going into situations with men and we're starting from ground zero and I do not believe that that is God's will for anyone's life unless he specified that to you I don't believe that every woman is supposed to go in and just change a man's whole situation around I believe that you meet a man where he's at and then you make him great not because you're making him great but that's just what a good woman does you add to him you find him single, you make him a father. You find him a great boyfriend, you make him a husband. Like there are so many things that we do as women when you are a purpose-driven woman, you add to your man. So many women have a disdain about dating because it feels like you're not meeting no one on the same level. You're not meeting people that's at least doing what you're doing. And it becomes frustrating. And the older that a woman gets, the more that the picking gets a little bit more scaled because you are no longer, you know, at one point when you were in your 20s, you was like, yo, he at least needs to have a, a GED. I mean, like seriously. Then when you got into your late 20s, you're like, bro, he needs to have a job. I'm not saying he needs to be the CEO of the EEO, but he needs to have something. And then when you get in your 30s, you're like, mm-mm, what do you have, sir? I think 30 is the mark that you feel like, I don't need you to have it all, but I need to see that at least for the last decade of your life, you did something with yourself. What did you just party and go to sleep for, for 10 years? That's ridiculous. From 20 to 30, like, what did you do? And so if you really want to impress a woman, if you really want to change the whole narrative about dating, it needs to be a better selection of men because there's always going to be a plethora of women. There just is. But we need a better selection of men who are purpose bound, men who are, you know, so many of our men are getting caught up and they just started their lives late either because they wasn't shown how to do it. They were locked up. There's so many different things that they get a delayed start. Meanwhile, back at the lab, you know, the only way for a woman, a purpose driven woman to have a delayed start is if she went ahead and had a baby by the wrong man. But we can go ahead and pause there. I feel like throwing my phone. Can I, can I say it again? The quickest way to trip up a purpose-driven woman is for her to have a baby by the wrong man. That's why it irritates me that in my culture, it is taught, um, you better not have no babies in my house. You know, it, that's a parent's way in my culture, African-American, good morning, hey, how y'all doing? That's their way of saying, don't bring no babies in my house, a.k.a. you better not be no teenage mother. Okay, so if you set that bar so highly low, 
then when I have a baby at 21, did I succeed? Is that success? I was mind blown when I was starting to work with, you know, a, a cultural diverse population. And I was literally learning new things through that culture that their families was like, hey, you need to go to college. You need to go ahead. Like college was a, a talk in my home as well, but it was never taught to me that you are to find a man also in college, that you are to potentially look for your husband while you're in school, that your husband should be in line. No one taught me how to choose who I wanted to procreate with. The, what we do is we go ahead and say, okay, bring him home. And then you, you drill him and then you're like, I don't like him. Oh, I don't, he's okay. And what should have been done now that I have a different mindset when it comes to dating and marriage and all of that stuff, you let the children bring home who they deem to be acceptable. And then you go ahead and curb and adjust and say, hey, I noticed that, um, well, what do you like about him? And then you'll go, oh, mommy, you know, he's cute. He's tall. He's blah, blah, blah. He's a, cool. Have you ever seen him angry? Hmm? Do you know how he ha handles his anger? Okay, who is his closest friend? Who is his closest relative? Because if I can show you who you're closest to, I can show you who you're getting ready to clone. It's the equivalent to getting in a car with a child and teaching them how to drive. And you saying, hey, slow down around these corners. Hey, what you, mm -mm, see, no, fix your belt. We do that for driving, but we don't do that for the driving forces in your life. No, I want to very much be a passenger to the people that you want to date. You know, it's hilarious to me because my husband is very against, you know, when the kids start dating and all that for them to bring people home. But I'm like, how can I know that they are picking people that are aligned to their purpose and aligned to where I know God has taken them if I can't have a set of eyes and ears on it. Yes, she can very much come in my living room because I want to hear how she talks to you. Yes, she can very much come in. Mm -hmm. Y'all can sit in the driveway all day long. I'm going to be right there trying to figure out life with you. And my thing is this. I don't play games when it comes to people and, and their purpose. And especially when it comes to my children, that is my legacy. Every decision that is made from them, not every, but a large majority of the decisions that they make will be from one or two things, either what I shown them or taught them or what they learned from someone else. And I will be darn if it, when it comes to my legacy, my grandchildren, children, children, if I didn't show my son how to choose their mother properly if I didn't show my daughter how to choose their future potential father no ma'am no sir so no I don't have no time for you know you, you you can't bring nobody to the house you very much can bring them to the house as a matter of fact I must and I went ahead and gave my son this don't bring home no one that doesn't mean nothing to you because while everybody else is looking for girlfriend, I need you to see the potential of her being the mother of your child and I know that's probably real real young <laughs> real really young to be looking at you know in your early teens but if I change your lens I would change the direction of his life forever you understand what I'm saying with that I think that's another reason why people are scared to leave toxic relationships you don't know any better no one's shown you and it's so sad but it's a reality that I just have to go ahead and just take by the horns and say, I got to help people with this. Oftentimes, it's not that people don't want to leave a toxic relationship. It's that they don't know how.
And I know that seems outrageous because long gone are the days where you're like, he's my financial supporter. What do I do? You know, that's very, that probably is most people's cases, but for the most part, not so much. We're not in the 1950s and 60s no more where it's just like, I would, but I have 5,700 million kids by him. So what am I supposed to do? It's more so of we have not had taught people how to override their emotional pain. And I, I went ahead and told someone this and it just blew my mind. You have to outlast your pain. Pain does not last for an enormous set of time. It feels stronger than what it actually lasts. And I always relate pain to when um, the enemy had Jesus in the wilderness and he was he was testing him for 40 days and 40 nights. When I read that Bible in that particular chapter, I only read that the enemy went ahead and tempted Jesus three times. And I'm sure them three times were absolutely exhausting. I'm sure it took a lot out of him because the Bible says that once he was done, once the 40 days and 40 nights was up, that the angels had to go ahead and replenish him and minister to Jesus. So I know it had to be a lot. But you know what? In reality, it was only three times. Three times, which means the enemy doesn't have longevity and neither does your pain. So we need to teach people that no, you don't go ahead and resume a toxic relationship because you don't know how to manage getting over that pain. You don't just wake up from a toxic situation and go, okay, all better now. No, you have some toxic behaviors that you need to shed from you before you even jump back to wanting to talk to anybody or until you even feel back to the baseline of being normally you. Please do not adhere to the pain by trying to resume the relationship again. That is not the way that that goes. And no one teaches you this. No one teaches you if it was toxic before, it's going to be toxic now. The only way that that relationship changes is if Jesus put his hands on something or someone. People do not change by themselves. And people change in time, not in weekends, not in months. So the, oh, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I need you to start muting people and listening to their actions. Literally, that's what you need to start doing. So what I really wanted to take away with this whole thing about being insecure is you're insecure because you feel a lack of security in your situation. So then you do your due diligence. You find out whatever is whatever it is. You get to the root of whatever it is. So my challenge to you is acknowledge your fears. They're just a reminder of an incompleted sense of security. Acknowledge where you need more information or simply where you need more faith. Because you can go ahead and just kill fear with those two things. Again, it's just an echo from your soul saying, I don't have enough information to move on in confidence. And so you're supposed to reply with, okay, either we're going to continue to step or step in faith, or I'm going to gather some more information. And as a matter of fact, faith can even be gathering information. It can simply mean you going back to God and you saying, God, I'm nervous. I just need to know for certain that I heard from you. You said to do this, right? And if you feel that peace, I don't care about your nerves. If you feel that inner peace in your spirit then you are supposed to walk in so you can walk with a sense of I have the information that I need I have what I need 
The same faith that Noah did building that ark for as long as he did without ever seeing rain, that's the faith that you need. He had the information that he needed. He had the instruction that he needed. I'm sure that at some point it was a, mm, are you sure, sir? All this golf of wood, I think I'm positive God said what he said. You see, you understand where I'm going with that? So the challenge is find whatever is going on in your life that you are sensing an extraordinary amount of fear, nervousness, anxiousness, whatever you want to call it, and write it down. Then on the other side of the paper, I want you to write down, do I need more information or do I need to apply more faith? And let's just single-handedly just break this whole thing about being insecure and just realize, no, it's just that I don't have security in this situation. That's it. Go ahead and break that loose and get some security. You see what I'm saying? But I think you got what you needed. I really do. This was a great conversation. I just wanted to really break that whole thing down and just kill that narrative of, oh, she's insecure. No, sir. You didn't give her security in her heart realm, and so she doesn't have a security in you. Mic drop, eyes rolled, neck rolling. Have a nice day. But anywho, as my good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Go ahead and write your list, and we're going to talk about it later. Okay? Yes, we're going to talk about it later. You be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> later.